It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on the Water Boy. It's good to be with you. Have you guys downloaded the app yet? We got This America coming into the app. Wait, I thought it doesn't come out until June first. Why no, don't you download it, it now? No, uh, but you got to well, you you download, download a different app, app don't you? No, it's gonna it's just gonna update. It's an oh, update. so if you download it now, you're just gonna it's, wake up on June first and it's gonna It'll be like Christmas in June. Lord have willing, a show sitting there. All technology goes smoothly. Uh, okay, but June first, big update. <laughs> yep, that's right. But we're praying for, anyways. Jesus is Lord in public and in private. Every area of life must be subject to His lordship, and our use of technology is no exception. What captures our attention on the screen either glorifies or dishonors our Lord. That's why accountable to you. That's the word accountable. Then the number two, the word you is committed to promoting biblical accountability in our families and churches. Their monitoring and reporting software makes transparency easy on all your devices so you can say with the psalmist, I will not set anything worthless before my eyes. So guard against temptation with accountable to you and live for God's glory. Learn more today and try it for free at accountable to you. That's the word accountable, the number two, the word you.com slash FLF, accountable to you.com slash FLF. So I have bad news. What's that? Uh, well, bad news is that there won't be a show tomorrow. Uh-oh. We won't have a show tomorrow oh. um, because I'm going out of town for the Knox Unplugged right. event that's going to happen in Nashville oh. on Saturday at Dr. George Grant's church with Dr. George Grant, yeah. Jason Farley, and David Fowler. Uh, the metaphor in the world ends when the metaphor dies. So that's the name of the event. It's going to be very interactive. Uh, we might have a few seats. We've re- we've reached our number though, right? So we're at a, yeah. You're over your we're over your our number. number. Yeah, yeah. So you're but full. Yeah. So I think I think I think you still have a little bit of room for a couple people more. But so it's if you want to come, you know, yeah. if you're local and you're in Nashville, yeah. you better go sign up right now before we have to turn you away. Nobody, Our Nashville mom and dad are going to be there. Nobody, are they? Yeah. Nobody invited yeah. me. I didn't tell them I was staying at their house. One more <laughs> thing about accountable to you. It's they're they're hiring. Oh, the, the, the ad wasn't actually over. But if you'd like okay. more information about it you, and you'd be interested in relocating to beautiful Kentucky yeah. to fight against a lust filled culture, visit accountable to you dot com slash careers for more information. That's accountable to you dot com slash careers. You know, if you live there in Kentucky, you can just come over to the to the Ark Encounter. Well, they're right there. Saying, they're five know. minutes yeah. from the Ark Encounter. Hey, yeah. we're really grateful to have with us. Dr. Scott Bottoms is the lead pastor of. Uh, the church at Briargate in Colorado Springs, where he has wow. served for 10 years. He's Doctor, a, pastor, yeah. legislator. He's a veteran also, serving eight years in the United States Navy. He currently serves as the Colorado House Representative of House District 15. Dr. Bottoms has been married to Linda for 32 years, and together they have three children, two daughters-in-law, and two grandchildren. Dr. Bottoms, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. <laughs> we hope so. Well, Knox, do you have a question? I, I was just about his... Yeah, I was. You know, you know, y'all baptize babies out there. What, what's the deal? <laughs> we we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we, baptize, we baptize grown adults, but we don't baptize babies. <laughs> okay, well, well, that's all right. Not, not I still a, like you guys. I think. So, how does a pastor get elected as a representative for real in Colorado? 
Uh, pretty much against his will. <laughs> it's kind of like baptizing a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Facts. So uh, yeah, this, tell uh, us about it. This was an interesting journey. Um, <clears throat> about this time last year, actually a little bit earlier than this last year, uh, I got some calls from uh, some state representatives and telling me I need to need to consider running. Uh, which was a big hearty no for me. I, I had no interest in that. I've, I've been a pastor for over 30 years, that's who I am. And uh, in the short term, it looked like from some people that the reason there was a couple of things that happened. Uh, when COVID hit, we didn't close our church. We already had an online video presence. So people were already watching and uh, we just didn't close our church. And we were as far as we know, we were the only church in Springs, Wow! at least on the north side of Springs, that didn't close. Now, some opened fairly quickly, you know, within a couple months, but uh, people immediately started pouring into our church. And we, by Easter of 2020, we were already back to our first service and uh, starting our second service again. <clears throat> and uh, so that's kind of what people were thinking. And then I'm pretty vocal in the pulpit about uh, political stuff, uh, what's going on worldwide, nationwide, and then local. And uh, so people just started talking to me about it. And I just said, no, there's, n- there's no way it's going to happen. I'm, I'm a pastor. And they kept harassing me. And then and then one representative um, asked me, well, would you at least uh, agree to pray about it? And I thought, man, that sounds a lot like a trap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And here I am. I was I was elected overwhelmingly, actually, in my district. My district is the whole east side of Colorado Springs. And um, yeah, and I just finished my session Monday. Okay. It was the last day of our session. I, I want to get to talking about that, but I think it's one thing to say, OK, let's have a pastor run. It's a whole nother thing to say what kind of people there elect a pastor as a representative. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, Colorado Springs, El Paso County, which is Colorado Springs and, and a little bit more, it's fairly conservative for Colorado. Um, it's not conservative for like Oklahoma, but it, it's conservative for Colorado. And uh, and and a lot of military. We have we have five bases in Colorado Springs, and in this east side is a lot of military people, and and they just are getting tired of all of the liberal push and and everything is lgbt everything is is um blm and every time you turn around there's something somebody's pushing and we're grooming kids in school and all kinds of crazy stuff and so when i stepped up i went to my first kind of rally gathering town hall kind of thing and people showed up in droves and i and i basically just laid out who i am what i'm going to do how I believe, which is very solid, biblical, constitutional stuff. And they went wild. Hmm. Um, And, you know, it it just grew and it grew. And by the time we got to, um, which was only a couple of weeks because I jumped in like last minute, Hmm. by the time we got to work this state and by the time we got to the first um, assembly, they voted me in this was just in the Republican side of, with over 70%, which eliminated any other candidate that could get in in the caucus. Oh, wow. Right. And then we get to the primary and I'm kind of, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a politician and some good people surround me um, and get to the primary and, and defeated my Democrat opponent, who's extremely, extremely liberal and defeated him hands down. I mean, like, like more than three times the amount of votes and, Wow. And it, and just took off. Yeah, I really didn't expect to get voted in. I was kind of praying the whole way. Now, God, when they don't vote me in, I did what I was supposed to. <laughs> and, uh, you don't do what you're supposed to do, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if God doesn't keep up his end of the bargain, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. So, wow, it's only some sane people then, uh, out there. So how, tell us how the um, the session went. I mean, so this is your first time in. It's I mean, Colorado's gotten you know pretty liberal, pr- pretty bright yeah. blue, um, and here you are, conservative pastor um, from your district. I mean, how, how'd it go? It went horrible, and so uh, <laughs> wow. We, so so this is part of the deal that I you know I kind of knew what I was getting into from political stance. I'm not, I'm not really a rookie to this stuff. I just have never been in the office, but I've worked with um, senators, congressmen, I've worked with representatives, all kinds of stuff over the years. 
And um, so I, I kind of knew what was happening, but it turns out that this is by far the most liberal progressive uh, assembly that has ever assembled in the House of Representatives for the state of Colorado. <laughs> mm. uh, from day one, they decided they were going to push the agenda. Governor Polis is trying to run for president, so he's trying to get a bunch of stuff through. And uh, and it was horrible. We ran some of the craziest bills, and there's only 19 of us Republicans out of 65. Oh. And so they had a supermajority plus, so two-thirds plus a three. And uh, and they just bullied us and ran over us the whole time. But here's the thing also is we, we would try to fight and filibuster a couple. I ran a couple of abortion bills and things like that. They never made it to the floor. But th th there were some other bills that they would run that were that were, you know, pushing that you couldn't even have the. Um, so the abortion pill, you couldn't have the the reversal for that or the, you know, the anti-abortion pill. They they made it illegal to even talk about it. You can't you can't acknowledge that there is such a thing. I mean, all kinds of stuff. The biggest, the worst gun bills in the whole nation just came through our state. Four, five of them got voted in. The sixth one, which is basically a complete ban on all guns in Colorado, got defeated in the Senate, but not in the House. It, it was horrible. And then on top of that, so we're filibustering like crazy, trying to fight these crazy, crazy bills. Mm destroying life. I, I could spend all day telling you the craziness that came through the house this, this session. But then the Democrats just got so upset because uh, we were, and it started out where it was basically me and a couple, couple representatives were really fighting down there. The rest of us were, the rest of our caucus was kind of scared uh -huh. <laughs> and our leadership was um, uh, hesitant. And, um, and we would get down there and filibuster and filibuster and, and uh, they finally got tired of that, so they did. They did use something called Rule 14, which basically just shuts down all debate in our second readings, which is when we do all the big debates. And I, I couldn't believe it, and so I got up and made this big speech. It was on a Sunday. It was the only Sunday that I missed that I was there. I mean, that I was in the house and I wasn't at my church. And I preached this little sermon to them, and I preached out of Acts, where they. They covered their ears when Stephen was speaking truth and, and you know, grind their teeth and then took him out and stoned him. Oh. And and uh, and I said, you guys are doing the same thing. You, you can't even listen to truth. You have two thirds majority plus and you can't even listen to truth. So now you're shutting down unconstitutionally, breaking the rules, doing what you want to do without without going by any laws. And you are. Um, not even letting us speak. Wow. And then when we get to thirds, which is when you actually vote, you only get 10 minutes a person to speak. And they use rule 16, which shut down all debate in thirds. Wow. So we can't speak. There's only 19 of us and they wouldn't even let us speak. And, uh, and it got worse and worse. But the good thing is, is the Republican caucus really gelled. We started really stepping up. And it, like I said, at first, I was one of the only ones that would get up. I'd, I'd speak two hours straight and, and then go sit down nothing. And then by the end, all the Republicans were coming up and speaking. In the last day of session, this last Monday, it was late at night. They're trying to get this horrible tax thing through that the governor's push. And we just all got up and walked out right at the end. Didn't even let them finish voting, did anything. And they didn't know what to do. Nobody ever. That was also a first. Hmm. Using that rule for using the rule 16 was the first time ever in the history of our house and uh, they use it like 25 times on us. Wow. And and then the last one, we just said, we're done. And I was really proud of the caucus because even some of the leadership that was really, really kind of hesitant, um, we all just walked out and said, you can have this place because you won't even let us, you won't even let us talk anymore. Um, uh, and uh, past crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Wow. wow. Um, pastor, doctor, legislator, um, all of the above. <laughs> How come Colorado has gotten so liberal. I mean, at, at once it was, it would vote Republican for Republican president. Yeah, there, there's a, man, that's a, I'll try to squeeze that down pretty quick. That's pretty, a pretty big subject. Yeah. But one of the biggest answers is Colorado uh, is a great destination state for all the Californians. And so they all move here. Oh, and uh, I mean, it's a beautiful state. It's a great place to live. I, I love living here. I hope I hope I retire here. Um, I've been in my church eleven years. I hope I'm there seventy two more years, <laughs> and uh, retire. 
at apparently 130 or something. So the United States looked at it like that. And so you got all these people from California coming here. But the problem is, is they're bringing all their junk that ruins San Francisco, ruins Los Angeles. Ru- I mean, it just they bring it here and then they vote all these same things in. Hmm. Um, and then the, the other side of this also is uh, our our elections are very corrupt. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard about the Dominion voting machines and some of that stuff. Hmm. Well, that started in Colorado. Uh, the, the Dominion is the company is in Colorado and they they started this about 12 years ago. They they tried our first election. We were like 70 percent red Dominion voting machines coming in the next election cycle. We turn blue in across most of the state. Hmm. Now, wow. you tell me how that happened. Huh. Wow. So And it's just gotten worse and worse. We, we We've got this. We've got. All these people that are that forensically going through these things, we confronted the Secretary of State uh, multiple times. But um, this thing's going to have to be broken up, and people are going to have to go to jail until we can get our state back. Wow. And another side of it is they voted in marijuana, and everybody just floods here. We're we're the worst when it comes to drug issues. We voted in a bunch. Of, I say we. I voted against them, but. Our house voted in a bunch of crazy drug bills this session also after some of the more crazy ones. They they made it legal that you can have a small amount of fentanyl the way they did it last year. <laughs> that amount of fentanyl will kill 700 people, but they made that legal in Colorado. Wow. Um, we're one of the major uh, trafficking. Denver is a major trafficking place that comes across the United States in both directions. So you just keep adding this stuff together and we are being infiltrated by so much um, corrupt thinking, people, darkness, evil, just all kinds of stuff, which is part of the reason that I said, OK, I'm going to I'm going to go to the House and and um, and serve as a legislator. So, and I've hated every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pastor Scott, you know, everything you've said so far has been really encouraging. He sounds like Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um t- uh, but I, I guess as you've been there i, I just can't, i mean i can't i mean you, you you gave us a couple of um uh, uh maybe maybe bright moments in an otherwise dark um season i mean the the kind of the the story of your uh caucus pulling together uh, the republicans gelling uh, maybe growing some some courage yeah. um uh, that that kind of thing um, I mean, I'd still like to see, like, I'd like to hear, I mean, is, is there anything that you, you look at and you say, um, you know, despite all the darkness, it looks like God's working here. It looks like we're, we're seeing some movement here. Um, at least, you know, whether that's in the legislative session, um, proper or just in, in Colorado in general, what, what are you seeing? There's actually a pretty solid, strong thing going on in Colorado with all of this. Um, now, this part uh, sounds like I'm talking about me and, and stuff like that, but this is just kind of a hint of how it's going. Uh, the last couple of rallies that I did, town halls over the last maybe three weeks, people are, are lining up in lines. And me and another representative usually do these together. We tag team and and uh, they have they have told us by by the dozens and dozens at these rallies that the entire Republican Party in the state of Colorado is changing. And they attribute it to just uh, me and this other representative, Representative DeGraff, and, and which is not true. But we, I'll, I'll take a little bit of the credit because we have stood at different times when it was difficult, when our Republican caucus was telling us not to. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the Democrats were trying to, to destroy us and and uh, getting threats and my church was broken too and you could tell it was political because of some of the things they did in the building and just all kinds of stuff and we just keep standing we keep i I keep preaching it and and i even did i've done a couple of little sermons down in the well of the house and and we we can see this our our um i just got a statistic from some of our media from our republican caucus this morning that our um uh media uh, social media following has has been somewhere around two fifty to three hundred thousand over the last few years, and uh, this year we've gone over a million too. Wow! And uh, 
And that and and many hundreds, thousands of emails have been coming in that are saying, you're finally taking a stand and we can get back into the Republican Party. We can mm. get behind you mm. again. Mm. Um, I- now, so, the, 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 really, the only major transition that we've had has been a few of us that have gone into the House that are strongly conservative. That's really the only transition at the right. beginning. Now, we've seen some transitions in the last few weeks. Like our state chair um, is a strong, strong conservative. He was the incumbent in my district and things like that. He's one of those representatives that called me and asked me to run mm-hmm. and uh, those kind of things. So there is a bright light. The churches, uh, and I'm saying this mostly from Colorado Springs. We've got quite a few mega churches in Springs. Um, we're starting to see some of the churches, not the mega churches yet, but like conversations with them that are starting to stand up and say, this is enough. We're going to start standing up against this, this woke ideology, this, this anti really surrendering to Jesus, but just kind of having church mentality. And we're starting to really see this and it's, uh, it's exciting. So my, my church has taken off the, the, the day we didn't close our doors. We've been nonstop. In fact, we're trying to build, we've been having conversations even today with banks trying to get um, funding so we can build because we've outgrown our church. And while some churches churches are closing, the ones that are truly stepping up are taking off right now yeah. in Colorado Springs. And I think around the rest of the state too. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just some pastors that I think have just been kind of always been going with the flow and, you know, they won't, they just kind of compromise a little bit, but down in their heart, they're that they know they need to take their stand. Mm. And I think some, this have just kind of pushed it. And now Colorado's changing. We're tired of this stuff. Mm. We're tired of, of being bullied and we're tired of being pushed around and, and, uh, and told we can't serve Jesus, but you can do everything else immoral. <laughs> That's right. That's and, exactly uh, right. And so it's, it's exciting. I mean, there really is some excitement. And from my perspective, all over the state and uh, all over the Republican party, we're starting to see it really start to, to swing conservative mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in probably 15 years. Scott, you know, we um, help me out here because we live in Idaho and uh, I work with um, the Republican party and I work with a bunch of other kind of Liberty libertarian constituents and groups that are, there's all sorts of conservative groups all over Colorado, uh, Idaho, Idaho, excuse me. Um, But the thing that makes me nervous about Idaho is how passive conservatives are and how much we um, are comfortable with our conservatism. Um, you know, conservatives are, we're, we're pretty comfortable in Idaho, 70, 65, 70% Republican, basically Idaho is. And yet now Boise is starting to be taken over by the liberals. I mean, we have a liberal mayor in Boise now. Uh, we had, I mean, we had drag parades in Coeur d'Alene, Northern Idaho and in Southern Idaho. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I, I don't get a sense that conservatives are waking up enough. I see, I do see some things happening. I do see some, you know, wake up movements happening in Idaho. But, um, you know, I don't know if you were here in Idaho, what would you be doing to kind of wake up conservatives? Yeah, this is, guys, let me do the best I can to give you a, um, a warning here. This is what happened in Colorado. Okay, we there's there's Republican Party was strong. We we owned the house until just twelve years ago, I think it was, or maybe ten years ago. We owned the house. Wow, all these different things, but the, it it was very middle of the road Rhino establishment Republicans, right? It wasn't these people that were saying, "Hey, this is a cause. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for my kids and my grandkids. I'm gonna fight in the schools. I'm gonna get out and." That that was not the mentality. They took for granted that they had the majority mm. and they weren't really that conservative at the end of the day, even though they had the majority and we lost our state. Mm. And so I'm telling you, you I, I, I can I can give you a few ideas of what I think. And I'm still in the learning curve. This was my freshman session, so I'm still in a learning curve. But but if you don't stand up and figure this out now as a state within two or three election cycles, you'll be done. You will be a, a blue state and you, you'll you be struggling and fighting to get it back. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, I think we're going to really gain some seats in the next election because we do have this this grassroots push. But we're also fighting Republicans across the whole state that don't want to give up this 
this middle of the road mentality where we just bow down to whatever the liberals tell us. Uh, you're going to have to fight that at every single level. Th this is the way I would start doing it. If I was like, um, if I was there, I was your guys booking agents. <laughs> I would start getting the three of you out and do some little tours, do some tours around Idaho and do some speaking, do some talking, get in people's face, not just, yeah. not just from behind a microphone, but just plan something and 40 people show up. That's better than nothing. Go to the next city, plan something and 30, 40 people show up. That's, that's amazing. And start talking about this stuff. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'd come to Idaho and come to some of those with you and tell you how you're on the precipice right now. Yeah. This our whole country is trying to decide where we're going to go with this, right. and it and it comes from having a, a a bunch of middle of the road Republicans that really are not fighting for the bigger causes. Hmm. You've got to realize that it, this is our constitution we're fighting for. This is. We, we've just had so many gun laws that, that anti-gun laws, anti-Second Amendment laws that come through Colorado. Colorado has almost more guns per capita than any other state in the United States. We're a hunting destination and we're losing our rights to the Second Amendment daily. Hmm. So I'm just saying, yeah. I, I just had one of the conversations with one of the aides for the Republican caucus. He's going to be working with um, somebody in Idaho um, a politician, I won't say it out loud because I don't, I don't know if he, this is public, but he's coming to Idaho and he told me, I said, what's your long-term goals? He said, I think I really eventually want to settle in Idaho and be the most strongest conservative Christian voice in all of Idaho and be a representative and work my way into the political system. He said, because I'm watching Idaho starting to slip away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That wow. should go yeah. yeah, we we similar situation. A bunch of Californians have been moving here. Um, Oregonians, uh, Washingtonians, they've been moving here. The one thing I would say that's maybe maybe a little unique is that um, four out of five people who move here are voting conservative. But it's 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 a um, it's a. But we still got a, we have a rhino establishment just like, like we, you're we talking do, just about. Like there. Just like no, you're talking but about. But some of those conservatives come and and they vote here and they're like, how come Idaho's not more conservative? And then yeah. some of those conservatives come and they vote. They come from California and they they thought they were conservative in California. <laughs> and then they come to Idaho and they're like, wow, I really wasn't that conservative. So right. we really have a problem and we really don't have strong leadership. Right. Uh, there's a real gap. And um, so we're doing it. Actually, me and Toby are talking with the, we're do, we got to talk with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya up in Coeur d'Alene um, on March, on May 23rd, Tuesday night. So we're, we're starting to do some of those things. Uh, but I mean, these next 40 years, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm nervous about Idaho, but I do believe we can fight these next 40 years and really make some serious gains on making Idaho more conservative. And it become really a, a beacon of light to, I think, freedom across America. I think Idaho, yeah. Idaho's got 2 million people. It's not like Colorado. It's not like Texas. You know, Texas got 50 million people. They're highly, con they're conservative. But trying to turn that to train versus Idaho, it's a lot easier in Idaho. So um, I think um, I want to wake up conservatives in Idaho. Yeah, yeah I got to read this plug real quick. We've got, we have ourselves an exciting summer coming up here at Cross Politic. We've been telling you guys about it. We want you to join us on this ride uh, first, on uh, no, we're no longer calling it the Fight Laugh Feast Club. Oh, look at that new graphic! Yeah, ooh, that's fancy. That's, that's why you have a producer? That's that's, that's what's, what is that? Is that a? Is it's that a pub? A, it's a yeah. Even oh. though he's getting the, oh, I see. He yeah. got the imagery wrong for what we mean by pub. Well, no, they're, they're <laughs> connected. No, they're connected. It's, it's all right. Anyways, <laughs> it, it, we're we're now calling it the Fight Laugh Feast Pub. Second, we're launching a new line of content focused on family entertainment. Some of this content includes a brand new TV show called This America. Watch Gabe tour Christian uh, business um, like plants, basically, yeah. like uh, companies. Small industries. companies to large in, in, industries. Companies, yeah. uh, but Christians who are self-consciously building and making things for the kingdom. Uh, we're going to do a cooking show, a hunting show. Um, of course, all our conferences um, are live streamed there to the pub and all past conference talks are there all bundled with a new polished fight, laugh, feast app dropping on June 1st. So you might as well download the app. Now it's the old one, but on June 1st, it'll automatically upgrade to that new one. Head on over to fight, and join the pub today that's fightlaughfeast.com hey scott do you have like 10 more minutes to hang out with us in the pub sure. mm -hmm. all right 
So, hey, thank you, Scott. Give people a website where they can follow what you're doing and keep in t- contact with you. Yeah, website. Uh, let me give you my political one is Pastor Scott for HD15. I love that. I love that. Um, Okay. All right. That's awesome. All right. We're, we're going to hang out in the portal in just a minute here. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until Monday, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. It's been funny to me to, you know, one, the church, the history of the church, or the history of God's people from Israel to the church has been an inability to handle blessing. That's been the problem. Yeah. Going back to Deuteronomy. Going back to Deuteronomy. Like in the wilderness, even in the wilderness, they had problems, but at least there's repentance happening there. Yeah. But when blessing happens, that's been the problem. And then here, here we are and God has given America so much and conservatives and the church uh, have not been able to handle that blessing well at all, and now we're just frittering it away. Yeah. In Idaho, and we're in a liberal, we're in a liberal dot in a red state, blue dot in a red state. Um, if just sixty percent of conservatives would get out and vote in Moscow, in our town, we would have a conservative mayor and council. We don't. We haven't had a conservative council in decades. Um, but that's because. But but it's it, conservatives feel defeated. They feel like they can't win an election here in our town. We got University of Idaho. We got a college town. So yeah. it just feels like, so oh, well, quit. Let's quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's so, quit. That's, that'll so solve it. If, if just 60% of conservatives, <laughs> 65% of conservatives would show up and vote, we'd, we'd own Moscow. We'd yeah. have a, a conservative. So it, it, I'm pulling my hair out, like trying to think through how can we wake up um, Idaho? How can we wake up even our town? Um, and then, and then we have this whole other problem with like the next generation is being discipled by public schools. The next conservative generation is being discipled by public schools, government schools, government yeah. schools. Yeah. And, and so our conservatism is um, being um, are not discipled well through the government schools and how much worse the government schools are getting with transgender bathrooms and all that stuff. I know I'm just kind of painting the picture, Scott, but would love more of your thoughts on that. Wow. You're hitting, um, you're hitting everything again. This 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 should be a warning to you guys. There, it's what. It, however bad you think it is, it is worse. <laughs> yeah. There is these things are intentional. These these we we started really studying. We started getting all these bills, and I've got a one of my one of my aides was a previous representative. God surrounded me with such a powerful gr- group of people that were working with me that they had been representatives before. All kinds of stuff. And they were doing these studies all over the United States that the bills that were coming through our house in Colorado were being generated out of Washington, D.C. And so we started looking at this, and this is happening all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the United States, most of the state houses, the bills that are being run this session, uh, this year, however their sessions are set up, are coming out of D.C. It's coordinated. This is not accidental. Yep. When you're talking about the uh, the... Uh, the national education platform and direction. The, the, this is very intentional. It's very deceptive, and it's designed to harm our children. It's designed to control our children. Um, and and they hate to, when you use words like grooming because that's exactly what is happening. And they're trying to pit people against each other in in sexual issues and racial issue, issues and everything they can to try to make sure the country's at odds with each other and the. The playgrounds for this is not in the st- in the state houses. It's in the schools. That's right. They're they're grooming these kids in the schools, and you've got to be aware of this and get involved. I've been saying in in my church for a long time: run for school board, be on you know, be a county commissioner, be city council. It doesn't matter how big your city is. It doesn't matter whether you think well, it's already all Republican. That doesn't mean it's all conservative, That's and right. it doesn't mean that they're not putting a lot of this. Um, uh, grooming LGBT and even CRT stuff into the schools. You've got to to be proactive and intentional about this. If you're not, what happens is 10 years later, you wake up and you realize you've lost an entire generation. Right, that's right. And, it, and it's not worth it. Um, the, these, the biggest thing is get out and be a voice. Hmm. Um, encourage people somehow, as much as you can, get out and be a voice. I'll tell you the biggest, uh, um, I guess, almost disillusionment, but 
definitely discouragement is I can't seem to get churches caring about this yep. stuff. Mm. We, we talk about abortion and some of the bigger churches all through Colorado Springs won't have, won't have a signature for a, an abortion referendum, anti-abortion referendum or something, because they say, well, we don't get involved in politics. Well, then you didn't pay attention to Jesus or Paul or Stephen or anybody else. Right. You didn't get, you didn't pay attention to Daniel in scripture. You didn't pay attention to the three Hebrew children because they all kind of got political <laughs> and, and did stuff and they right. changed people. And I believe one person at a time can do it. If I didn't believe that, I sure would not have sacrificed the last four months of my life. Yeah. yeah. I was enjoying my life until I became a representative. <laughs> and, and so I, I think you just got to get in and you got to encourage people. You got to get to the churches. You got to get to the pastors. Hmm. Um, if you find a pastor that really is strongly conservative, you know, you know, I know there's some, not, you know what I'm talking about? Really strongly conservative, solid guy knows who God is, knows how to serve God. Help him get into churches and, and talk to pastors and, have rallies for Christians talking about how you have to get involved in the political arena or you're going to lose everything. Man, that's a good word. Could you, there's a, I, I don't even want to interrupt your train of thought and almost say, okay, amen, next, yeah. you want to have an offering. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I realized when I started paying attention to politics, you were talking about the bills that are coming from um, Washington into Colorado, but Colorado has kind of been the test ground for almost everything that we're doing now around the nation. It's like, let's test it out here first. It was one of the first places to legalize marijuana, the whole right. drug fent fentanyl's coming down the, the, the pike. Now um, there's a lot of things there that were the first and every other state started implementing it. So when you start talking about gun laws, what kind of gun laws are they asking to be implemented in Colorado that we're probably are going to be seeing in our own States? Yeah, you will see them. Um, in, in Colorado, the, like the first week we were in session back in January, our session is from January to the first week of May. Um, they got up and said, the Democrats got up and said, and there's a very, very extreme liberal, liberal part of uh, the Colorado House. There's a, a uh, mostly liberal and then just liberal part of the Colorado house. Right. So, and they're fighting with each other constantly because the extreme liberals don't like the fact that the, just the liberals um, don't want to kill more babies or take more guns. I mean, we've, we've watched wow. the, de the debates, but they got up and said, we will lead the way for the rest of the country in our agenda this year. And this came from Washington, DC. They said that. Hmm. So here's, here's uh, the quick, um, quick rundown of some of the basics of the gun laws that were passed, anti-gun laws, anti-Second Amendment laws this session. Uh, one was you're not allowed to discharge a firearm on your own piece of property. Uh, let's say you have um, 30 acres, but somebody lives within an acre on one side. I mean, there was a bunch of crazy rules. It was so hard to follow, mm. but you can't discharge your own firearm on your own private property, even if you have a gun berm built and all the things that you said. They made that illegal. You um, you have to be 21 years old to own to buy and own a long rifle unless you have a, a hunting um, hunting class and a permit, um, and then it has to have been grandfathered. Uh, you the the how, red flag laws. How old can, laws, you, how old you, can cannot, you be? How old can you be to smoke pot? Uh, you can be 18 to smoke pot. <laughs> oh, and you can also be 12 years old and have a transgender surgery yes. without your parents' consent. Oh, my gracious. That also went through. But can't year. own a long-range rifle. Yeah. That wow. That's we nuts. got up and discussed it because they, they were using all these discussions about, well, you, the, the male um, brain doesn't mature until 25, so why should we let him have a gun? Although we got military guys. You know, carrying guns every day and police right. that are under 25 carrying guns. It's either way. But um, but you can have a transgender surgery without your parents consent at 12. Man. Um, you know, Scott, and you can also go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I want you to finish. So then uh, another one. So the uh, red flag law, you cannot yep. even though you purchase your gun and you've had your background check, you cannot pick up your gun. Um, to for three full days at minimum. It can be because I asked the that that came to my committee that the law, and then we debated on the floor. And I asked both in the committee and the floor. So let's say it 
um, for some reason it takes a week or two weeks or a month. Do you have any time frame that you demand that we have? Because this is a right uh, to our own property. You've already paid for the gun, but you can't get it. And, and they said, well, however long it takes. And I said, so you don't have a maximum date. You only have a minimum three days. Yeah, that's right. Because they don't care what we as Republicans thought. They can do anything they want. Oh. Um, let's see another one. We tried to get a, a conceal. I mean, a uh, constitutional carry thing passed through, and that didn't go through. <laughs> um, they also tried to do the assault weapons ban, and that one was so severe that the governor said he wouldn't sign it. And the only reason he wouldn't sign it is because he's gonna he's gonna run for governor. I mean, uh, for president in two years, and yeah. so. Um, so that one got defeated in committee and then the, the ultra liberals went after the mostly liberals and the moderate liberals, Hmm. uh, in their own caucus. And that was fun to watch for a few hours, (laughs) but, uh, around there's another, Oh, here was the biggest one. And this one actually passed through the house. But the Senate defeated it, which was kind of strange because the Senate, they have a, they have a uh, liberal majority in the Senate, too. But some of the senators just, I guess, woke up with common sense that day. But it was basically making it a wide open legal avenue to sue a gun manufacturer if somebody was harmed with one of their guns and to sue the gun dealers if somebody got harmed with a gun they sold and they could sue every auxiliary company. In other words, somebody that made a, a pistol grip or a site. Oh. And here's a big one. Cause we put, we tried to run amendments that said, well, what about the FedEx driver? Can we make them um, excluded? <laughs> nope. The FedEx driver can be sued for Whoa. bringing a gun to the gun store and that gun harming somebody. Wow. I'm not making this stuff up. Wow. Wow. That one actually got defeated by one vote wow. in the Senate. Um, are you, and uh, this is just a theological question. Are you post millennial? Are you pre mill? Like where are you at on Jesus is King? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I believe in a, uh, a rapture, a tribulation and a millennial reign okay. in that order. How do you, um, how do you make, yeah, how do you make, but I don't mind stocking up some rice, you know, <laughs> in the house. <laughs> so Scott, so, hold on. I want to, I want to finish this you, line of thought real quick. Okay, okay. Then I'll let you have, you can talk about all the eschatology you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then are any of these bills seeming a little attractive to Republicans at all? Because the 21 and older, I just watched Texas after this whole thing in Allen, Allen, Texas, I watched them push forward a bill that says, Hey, 21 and older and or be able to, to buy a gun. So that one, I think, is like uh, all of even though the guy was twenty one and over, right? <laughs> right. But but it, again, these guys know how to run the play to get where they want to go. They're yeah. they they know how to incrementally yeah. get there. Yeah. But uh, do any of these bills kind of surprise you, where you're like, no? And your other re- Republican friends are like, well, you're like, I will smack the taste out your mouth, boy. Did you have any of those? Yeah. So so I'm known in the Republican caucus as the the most conservative and the most vocal. Okay. Um, there was a couple of that came through that you could tell some of the Republicans were like, yeah, we'll vote against it. But the reason was because they would be eaten alive in their own districts. I mean, a, a lot of our Republican districts are outside wow. of Denver and outside of Boulder. They're, they're more, yeah. you know, Colorado Springs is, is as big or almost bigger than Denver now, but it's still not the same. It doesn't have the same feel as Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're from rural settings. So they know they wouldn't be reelected if they voted against a gun law. I mean, an anti-Second Amendment law. So, yeah, there was some that that has been a big concern me because we do have a, a few and I, I don't want to overdo this, but we do have a few Republicans in our in our caucus and a few Republicans in the Senate that are enough middle of the roaders that I think if if they didn't have a, a few guys like me just staring at them when they voted, <laughs> that they would have voted a little differently. Right. <laughs> I mean, and because I'm not, I'm not quiet about it even in our caucus meetings. Yeah. When I see that kind of stuff going down, I, I'll tell them you, I, I will, I will shout this from the rooftops. If you vote against basic Second Amendment rights, I'll make sure your entire district knows about that. I have, I have come out more, more aggressively than most people think a pastor would in those settings. Yeah. And because I, I didn't go there to make friends, I, and I, I told them. I mean, I, I've made friends in the process, but. 
you, you vote against basic stuff like you, you think it's OK to abort babies or you think it's OK to take away our Second Amendment rights. And I will trash you anywhere I go because that is not OK. That is not conservatism. May your tribe increase. Yeah, sir. <laughs> May your tribe increase. Lord bless you. <laughs> well, and here's part of the deal with this that people don't par- par- have not processed. And I was constantly making uh, this aware and a couple other Republicans were making this aware, too. Um, is all of these uh, anti-Second Amendment bills, not the big one, because that one just came from this one Democrat representative that is out there. She is so liberal. It's hard to fathom how, how liberal she is. But all the other ones, all the other gun uh, anti-Second Amendment bills came from Washington and they were systematically chipping around the Second mm-hmm. Amendment. Yep, so right. you can chip off here and you can chip off there and you can chip off there. And somebody thinks, well, yeah, a red flag law, that just kind of makes sense, right? right? That's yeah. right. That's right. But then what happens is, is and then I, I, so I would get in the well and explain this quite, quite thoroughly is, okay, once you make a red flag law, this is what the bill said it and people weren't reading it. They can come in and confiscate your guns first and then have a hearing. Oh, right. That's that is not constitutionally legal. Right. That is anti-constitution. But but some of the Republicans will be like, it's not that bad of a deal. I mean, what if this guy's a bad guy and and he needs help? And we put all kinds of statistics, but they don't actually do anything. Those three day. Laws don't do anything. No crime has changed. And we also brought up, what about the woman that's being um, uh, stalked and she feels threatened, so she tries to go down and get a gun? And we gave many examples of when uh, a female went to get a gun in some state. There's a there's some kind of three-day, or California used to have 10-day, and then they're killed during that time frame because they couldn't get the actual gun. Wow. So, so we can't play around with this stuff. Plus, the Second Amendment says you cannot infringe right mm. that any no infringement on the second amendment and a 3 day law is an infringement a 21 year old time frame is infringement those are infringements mm-hmm. right in fact i personally don't i don't like any gun law mentality <laughs> i don't think there should be any laws on guns right i don't care the the you know, all the stuff people pick on on bump stocks. People that pick on bump stocks just don't know guns. No. They just don't have a good understanding of, of guns when they pick on those things. And I don't think there should be any because the Second Amendment says I have the right to bear arms and it is none of your business. In fact, I got up in the well just a couple weeks ago on the last one we were talking about, which was another gun law. If somebody gets arrested with a car and they got a gun in the car, then all their gun rights are taken away forever. Oh. We're like, no. What? You don't have the right to do that. And I just got up and told them, it's real simple. Do I own a gun or not? You don't know because it's none of your business. <laughs> if, I, if I own a gun, do you know which, which ones are? Because we, oh, we, we had another gun law. There were so many. No ghost guns, right? No ghost guns. Those are all illegal. And, uh, and I told them, I said, if I have a gun with a serial number, guess what? None of your business. Because if, and they were saying, well, there's no... We're not actually tracking the guns. There's not going to be a registry or anything. Okay, then why do you need a number on it? Why do you need a number on anything you're never going to track? <laughs> and, and they just look at me like, well, we didn't want you to bring that up. Right, because if you put a serial number on something, there's only one reason. And and when you do a background check right now, it stays around, depending on the state, stays around 20 to 30 years, right? Here's the question. Why? Yeah. Mm. Why is your registered gun number being kept in a database? Because somebody is planning on someday uh-huh. making sure they know where that gun is. Yeah. Preach, preach up. And, and I just I just got up and told him it's none of your business. Yeah. I'm gonna go out and buy a ghost gun today. None of your business. <laughs> I'm gonna buy guns and ground the serial number off. Come none on, of you, your business. <laughs> You you know what to do with those. You cares, man. You got the organ. You got the organ. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh man. Uh, well, hey. Pastor Scott. Yeah, uh, man, that was really good. That's actually. I mean, 
Frustrating and encouraging. Yeah, frustrating. Yeah. That's a good yeah. word. That's, that's a good yeah. word. Frustrating and at the extremely same time, encouraging. And extremely encouraging. So I mean, I I mean, seriously, thank thank the Lord for your work there yeah. in Colorado. We got some friends down that way. Some faithful pastors actually involved in, in, in Denver, in, in Denver, area. and just in, let and me know. Boulder. Text me if you want connections um, but, and all that. But yeah. uh, appreciate your faithfulness there. And I, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, I, we said this a lot, but I mean, I think when 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 God like draws up the the lines like this, where it just, I mean. You know, the light and darkness is so clear, righteousness yeah. and unrighteousness. I mean, you know, are we going to kill the babies or are we going to save them? Mm-hmm. I mean, just like really basic um, lines <laughs> like darkness, this get drawn up. Yeah. And then God's people stand up. Like mm-hmm. even when it doesn't look like it's doing anything, mm-hmm. um, we know from Scripture that that is the moment when God is doing something. Yeah. And so I, I hope at the same time, despite um, how frustrating and discouraging the session was, I hope you're encouraged. Yeah. You've um, encouraged me. Because you've yeah. encouraged us by yeah. your, just by your stand, by your, your yeah. testimony. So um, praise God for that and keep up the good work, Pastor. And yeah. one last thing I want to let you know. If there's something that's going on there, bills, whatever, we can help Man. spread the news and be Almost. a voice, please yeah. let us know. Yeah. We'd love, we'd to, love to know We'd about love to help news. you shout stuff yeah. from, the, from the rooftops. And the same for me, if I'll, I'll come to Idaho on my nickel to help you guys, uh, not all the time, maybe once or twice, yeah. <laughs> but uh, to help you guys get the word out or do something yeah. any way that you think, hey, this would be a good place that that guy could help. Let me know, because I, I, I see what we're doing in Colorado much bigger than Colorado. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. pushing back the darkness at the tip of the spear. And so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can help. Guys, thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. So thanks, Pastor. Pastor. Thank yeah. God bless you, man. Appreciate you, man. No matter where you grew up, we all grew up in the same place, this America. The land of the free and the home of the brave. The land they handed down from generation to generation, and now people are trying to tell us that our forefathers were a disgrace. You know, the ones who gave their lives tilling frontiers in the cities, planes into skyscrapers, and turning deserts into gardens. We build on the shoulders of our forefathers. We don't trample on their graves. Because the old paths they cleared paved the way for us to greater heights. Small government, bold business, faithful families, as we build innovative companies, launch educational movements, build healthy churches, pubs, and businesses, and work with the same determinations our forefathers had to make our country more of what we know as This America. Join me as I go on a mission to find those 21st century pioneers who still believe in This America.